I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome to the Alenios Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And it's me, Marcus. The voice that makes you moist. Wow. More and more power put into his intro every week. There you go. Oh yeah. yeah. Soon he's gonna have like a guitar riff. <laughs> oh god, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh guys, don't worry. Once I figure out how to like be a real like podcast person and have like a soundboard set up, oh my god, Ooh. guys. Our whole podcast will just be soundboard. We won't have to talk at all. <laughs> it'll just be like my wife, my wife, over and over. It'll be great. Um, I love how like so are you going are you going pro, Seth? Is that your plan to become a professional podcaster? I would love to. If there's one thing I can actually do, it's just talk about bullshit all day. Mm, a um, very, very useful skill. Yeah. So, especially today where people, you know, you can make, you know, money off this stuff. Um, it's harder than you think, though. We have not skyrocketed success the way I thought we would. We're not trending <laughs> yet. Yeah, I really thought that after about five episodes, we would have uh, been making that ad money. Oh, um, boy. But okay, without doing our solemn vow to never do ads. Yeah, we won't ever do ads. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone would, like, sponsor us either with our unique message. Yeah. If we ever advertise something, it'll be because we truly believe in it and we're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. That'll be the only time. Uh, but, yeah, we haven't... Uh, you guys have read that article about the, the girl who ha- started this advice podcast. and thought yeah, that she, They quit after, like, five episodes because they thought that by then they would have had, like, been major successes and been making money. Dang. And it was literally just in report, recording on an iPhone. They recorded on a an library. iPhone 5 in a library, and they called it the Advice Podcast because they thought it would be something general that would reach a lot of people. But they had, they weren't good at giving advice. They were just, they just nope. called it that because they thought it would help get their brand out there. <laughs> it was a complete failure. And then they quit. And what did she call it? She called it like Pod Fade because podcasts <laughs> just are fading out of existence. <laughs> Because theirs wasn't uh, successful after five episodes. Oh my god, what was that headline? It was something completely stupid like, is the podcast boom over? Or yeah, whatever. because one person didn't succeed. Because some idiot in New York City don't know, doesn't know how to fucking do anything. Which is, statistically speaking, where most podcasts come from is New York City. New York and LA, I'd say. Really? Yeah, probably. That's where oh, most yeah. stuff comes from. So, oh, okay. you know. Yeah. You know, any movies, music, television, it's pretty much in New York or L.A. Gotcha. I mean, um, we got we got movie studios here. I mean, yeah, in- Southeast Atlanta especially is, yeah. you know, really risen in the past couple of years. Um, the Marvel I can think movies. of two. Oh, yeah. 
I have like a two podcasts off my head that aren't made in those two places. And that's one is uh, Your Kickstarter Sucks, which is made in Tennessee. Great podcast. And hell yeah. So good. And then there's the Trillbillies out of Kentucky. So Ooh. we got some we got people down here. Some folks making moves. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say this podcast. And I was just like, oh. Yeah, I was very oh. surprised <laughs> you didn't mention us by any chance. Why would we name ourselves? Everyone, if they're listening to us, they know we're from Georgia or the Southeast in general. Yeah, North Carolina. They get Georgia. it. The yeah. friendship is old as time. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Those two states, con- you know, congruent to each other. Yeah. Once again, I do believe that the Carolinas should unite. It makes no sense. Why do we have one football team? Um, <laughs> it, makes very no, good point. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, but yeah, guys, you know what? You know what really fucking burns my cookies? What's that? An Capitalism. Chef. Oh, that, that too. Well, yeah, Marcus measuring them before I crumble them as one. <laughs> <laughs> I will destroy you. But the other thing is capitalism. Just Marcus with a jeweler's loop, bending uh, over a tray of cookies. So, I'm sorry, so please exactly. continue. No, I love this, too. <laughs> no, please. He's got all the fucking, like, a hat with a bunch of different, like, lens attachments on it. and the fucking He's got one of those rulers that's like a vice, so he puts it perfectly around the cookie. And if it's, sextant. Ro- if it's wrong, he just slams his fucking hand on the table and is like, God damn! This one's not good enough! No, he smashes his fist it's still into the still hot pan, <laughs> yeah. ignoring the searing pain. Actually, when the cookies are wrong, I just eat them, okay? Jesus. <laughs> Not an animal. Marcus sitting here eating perfectly fine yeah. cookies. Marcus is like, oh, <laughs> another, defective. another one's off. Oh, well. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> wow. cookie monsters over here looking at Marcus like, God damn, dude. Yeah, guys, <laughs> cookie monster doesn't eat one single cookie. Right. But I digress. Mm-hmm. My point is capitalism. Mm-hmm. So We all know it. We hate it. We all, we all, yeah, you know it. You hate it. It's all around you. You can't escape it. Capitalism. That should be its slogan. Um, but yeah, so one of the problems with capitalism, especially in our modern day, this hasn't necessarily always been a problem, um, but especially lately and with people who are uh, a little bit younger, you know, the the, the millennials, the Gen Zers even, who are coming up, um, more and more every day, you're, um, you don't really have as much free time because you're really only measured in society by how much capital you can help to produce um so you know people have to do stuff like work longer shifts maybe not get paid for some of their shifts maybe when you go home you're still answering emails maybe you know just all kinds of stuff that makes you to where you don't have a real separation between work and home which is kind of one of the goals of you know capitalism in late the late stage is to make sure that workers are always thinking about producing capital and not about you know, having their own free thoughts. Because the more free thoughts you have, the more millennials you create. And they don't want millennials. Nope. Um, so this past weekend, I spent almost the whole thing, up until about 4 o'clock on Sunday, a little before that, um, just working. Um, working overtime. Um, just because there's, I have to, you know, I'm a, I'm a software developer, and there's this application we're developing that needed to have a needed to go to production today and so we were all we were all up the entire time working and it sucked because there's two there's two parts of it that really sucked 
One was, this is, you know, this is not the norm. Normally, we, we have the weekends. We are lucky enough to be in a job where we do get our weekends to unwind and not to worry about work. And the second thing is, we were, without getting uh, too specific on what exactly I do, we have, we work with a business team um, who gives us requirements, and basically they just tell us what to do and yell at us and don't like us. I don't know what else to tell you about business people who work in tech jobs. Um but they were on the whole weekend as well. Some of them were even on until like 3 a.m. on the weekends. And to them, it didn't seem weird. For them, it was like a normal thing. And Is that, So that's just, that's just average for them? It, I mean, hey, it might not be, but they definitely did not seem phased by it. It almost seemed like this is just a regular day for them. I mean, even in the past when we've had like holidays like 4th of July or Memorial Day, whatever, where we're off. They for, like I've had conversations where I'm with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you can do this on Monday, right? And I'm like, uh, probably Tuesday. And they're like, why not Monday? I'm like, uh, we're off that day. And they're like, oh, I forget we have that. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's weird how wow. the, these people seem to have already been ground down to you know the very bone with capitalism and have forgotten that they don't that they're not supposed to just sit around and produce capital all day. And it was so jarring to me that some of these people, especially the ones that are up till three a.m., like. Holy fuck! Go to sleep. Get hang out with your family or something like. What the hell? That's pretty fucking wild. They had you all just doing that for. I mean, okay, real quick, Seth. Can you tell us, sort of, in very general, non-specific terms, what it is this application is going to do? Um, no. Let's just say it's a long ass form that you fill in, and then it's stored, and then you do stuff with it later. Do you think this application adds anything to society? Oh, hell no. So really, you're just producing straight up val- like value, but the value is not productive. Yes. And I mean, here's another thing that I'm just going to say openly. I have 100% confidence that if I was not just a contractor, the company I work for would know that I have this podcast. I feel like they would just find out. It's not super hard. I have a Twitter and stuff where I talk, or I've been mentioned on it. It's not the hardest thing in the world to find out. Um, and that's kind of weird to me that they could hear this and probably not really, and they could probably find a reason, you know, to discriminate against, not discriminate, maybe that's not the worst word, isn't the best word, but, you know, maybe treat me a little bit differently because of it. Um, Equal protection under the law for podcasters. We demand it right now. Yes, let's also <laughs> extend that to everyone. <laughs> Voting Rights Act, but for podcasters. Yes, podcast. <laughs> Civil it's, rights for podcasts. It's so weird when I went to vote. They were like, you can't. You have a podcast. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> when the fuck did this happen? And then I look over and John Favreau, not the real one, is over there filling out a ballot. And I'm like, fuck, he's on one. And he's on a successful podcast. Get out of here. Yeah, he's on one of those centrist podcasts. He's accepted. Oh, man. So, yeah, the most trans person against the world is the podcaster. And we got to change this. Speaking of the podcast real quick, to get off my capitalism rant for a second, um, Smith, you may know more about this than either of us. Can you explain Joe Rogan to me by any chance? Uh, Joe Rogan is the cheesecloth of human beings. He, okay. He allows ideas and, and thoughts and, and words to pass through his brain. And his he's actually a pretty decent interviewer because he'll just let you talk and talk and talk. And his response will be something like along the lines of like, uh, wow, or damn, or that's crazy, dog. And then like ask you a pretty 
question, a question that's like pretty on point, I guess, uh, but like relating to it. The one problem is Joe Rogan has literally no standard trios on his show. So he ends up interviewing a lot of fucking like Nazis and shit like that and, and like Jordan Peterson types. And yeah. so I've noticed I he always has, he got Edward Snowden on his show. Yeah, Bernie Sanders on his show. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I love Bernie Sanders, but how do you get Edward Snowden on your podcast? <laughs> how is that a thing? I can't remember if he went to Russia or if they teleconferenced. They, t- they teleconferenced. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that's, still. That would be the easiest way. I mean, that has to be probably one of the biggest gets in podcast history. But probably, yeah. all I know is that, I mean, first of all, I have the weirdest thing. We've talked about this before is that when you look at podcasts like on iTunes or whatever, you look at the top podcast, it's podcasts that no one listens to. Like, mm. I don't know who these people are. But one of the podcasts that is always consistently very popular is the Joe Rogan experience. And you mm. see guys who are like, Joe Rogan is me. I am. Joe Rogan is the person. He is my God. Like, I just, I mean, I've watched some of his videos. And I don't, I don't have anything against the guy. I, th- I actually, I'm with you. He's a pretty good interviewer. And he seems, you know, funny enough. And, you know, maybe he's a little too open. Because he does, like you said, lets everybody on his show and just kind of talks to them. Whatever. But I just, I've never understood this, like, cult of personality almost that he has. I, I don't, I don't get it. Well, see, I got no problem with the guy, though. I, I've just found it fascinating. What you gotta understand is Joe Rogan is a podcaster for MMA men who've taken too many hits to the brain and can't think good anymore. Are there that and many of they, them? There are tons of them, Seth. There are guys who fought MMA for one match and were irreparably scarred. And then they, like, tweet about going on Joe Rogan and it's like, tons of other fucking cheese whiz brained assholes listen to it as well. And are like, yeah, I love Joe Rogan. He is the one top podcast that I believe wholeheartedly people actually listen to. Yeah. No one's listening to fucking Ben Shapiro's podcast. I'm sorry. They're not. Yeah. And there's like a podcast called The Daily, which is out every day and has, it's eight minutes long. I'm like, okay, maybe people are listening to it, but does it matter? Yeah. What is it doing for anybody? My favorite person, by the way, in the Joe Rogan verse is Jamie. You know who Jamie is? Isn't he the guy who just pulls stuff up on the computer? <laughs> he's like a producer or something like that. Who, yeah, he's just like, Jamie, give me that uh, video of that gorilla fighting that eagle real quick. Oh, <laughs> got him, <laughs> Jamie will find it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like this, he's like his, his gopher or whatever, but he's like, it's just so funny whenever like a person like, listening to like, um, I don't know, his name's like Adolf Von Schultzenberger give a fucking like, eight-minute speech about why we need to kill all of the fucking, I don't know, Chilean people or something because they betrayed the, I don't know, racial purity of the world. And then Joe Rogan just nodding along, listening all of a sudden, and he's like, hey, Jamie, can you find that, that uh, video of that trout throwing up? Yeah, real quick, get that for us. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then it's there, apparently, from what I've heard. He just has it. Yeah. So that's true. Good, good job. That's, that's weird. Piranhas can throw up their own food and eat it again, so uh, I'm pretty sure all fish can throw up. Can we have a Jamie? We need one. Isn't that? Can we get Ben to be our, our Jamie? Yeah, let's have let's <laughs> ask Ben to be the fourth millennial, but not tell him he's actually just Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> he only speaks to spoken to. Yeah, no, and when he does speak, we just mute his audio. <laughs> talk rude. over it. I love podcasts that I listen to where the producers get to talk. And oh, I'm not I love this it. Is a bad thing, but it's like this other strange voice cuts in to say some other crazy shit. Yeah. Occasionally, and one of those like, like. What kind of job is that? What's the interview like? To be like, oh yeah, we need somebody who's just gonna chime in every once in a while, and then we're gonna say, oh, drink piss or something. Like, <laughs> what is that? Uh, hey man, it's a living, I guess. 
it seems to be that the producer interview for any podcast is, listen, can you um, come on our podcast? Don't say anything unless we ask you to say something, though. Do all the work, and then we'll pay you very little. Are you, and also, we'll abuse you on air. Can you do that? Sure. Sounds like my job description now. (laughs) (laughs) My soul. Besides the eating all the cookies thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marcus, how is the bakery going, by the way? Um, You run that bitch now? Yes, yes. I'm CEO now. Um, (laughs) I gave everyone a raise. Nice. There we go. It's great. It's great. Actually, I did get a raise at the bakery. So, woo woo. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it, like an extra scone every hour? <laughs> yes, crumbling. I, I take two. I take two scones, and they don't need to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, got a got a nice raise. You know, two dollar raise. Woot woot. Wow. Really, uh, really changing my life year? with that. Uh, no, <laughs> no per <laughs> per hour. Think. Um, Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> no, <laughs> that'd be awful. Raise, Marcus. <laughs> You're like, yeah, all right. Your paycheck is no different. Next time. Like, what happened? Extra two dollars. You a made point zero 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 one extra cents. <laughs> Listen, man, you didn't ask two dollars per what? Oh my god. Well, at that point, I, I just have to just burn the place down. Just wow. <laughs> Oops. I mean, it wouldn't be hard. There's a lot of ovens and stuff in there. There are a lot of ovens. Yeah, that's one of those hallmarks of a bakery, actually. <laughs> it's like, damn, why am- you got all these ovens? I am, by the way, now picturing the greatest character of all time, which is CEO Marcus. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's just Marcus <laughs> sitting at a big desk, papers mm-hmm. all around him. He doesn't understand one word on any of his papers. He has and no I clue don't need doing. to. It's up, there with, it's up there with Officer Barkley. Is. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Oh. Thank God that, that ever didn't come to pass. We, if Marcus was a cop, we had to cancel him. <laughs> you think I'd shoot people? No. Well, that doesn't matter. Well, All cops are <laughs> bastards, Marcus. Even oh, the desk jockeys. And... Damn it, you're right. Okay, so this is a good point we gotta talk about real quick. Please. Uh, listen, you know how everybody says, everybody's always talking about dogs, and they're always saying that dogs are great, and they're always good, and they cannot be bad. Sure. I have a fucking counterexample. Okay. So, uh, I guess Saturday night, did you guys see that Trump got excited because they killed al-Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS dash. Yeah. You see this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, today he, today, I swear to fucking God, y'all. They found out he was president, a dog? No. Well, sort of. The president of the United States of America tweeted a fucking picture of a German shepherd and said, this is the name redacted dog that chased al-Baghdadi into the tunnel where he was blown up. Look at a, like what a good boy or whatever, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at the great dog!" Everyone loves the fucking dog, and I'm like, "That dog is an imperialist. That dog is a part of the military fucking machine." Well, let's be honest. If any dogs have maybe have a higher chance of committing crimes against humanity, it would be a German Shepherd. <laughs> I, I say that, understanding that many, many, a many a German people. These days are very nice and very much resent what happened in their history. I'm just saying that historically, there's something there. I'm saying you can't trust Germans. Wow. There, I, I said mm, it. Okay. Wow. It's on the podcast. That you is, do not trust the Germans. It's not the official millennial statement. Yes, Seth trusts Germans. Marcus Agreed. trusts Germans. Agreed. <laughs> they used to have the Nazis. What do they have now? The EU. 
Uh, and now we have the Nazis, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so everyone's talking about, oh, what do you want the dog, dog? And I'm like, the dog is cancelled. Dogs are cancelled. Um, I'm not dealing with... The dog, by the way, the name's dog apparently is, is, is Conan. That's his real name. The or Conan's name is Conan. Does he have yes. red fur? No, he's a German shepherd, Marcus. I mean, he could still be, you know... Does he have, like, a weird swoop in his, his uh, <laughs> fur? Yeah. Is he, he hilarious? Me? You know, I said it wrong. It was probably more closer to Conan, like the barbarian. That's uh, probably who they were thinking of. Ah, uh, damn, that makes sense. No, like that MMO that I played. Are you really to play that? How of was course it? not. Oh, okay. <laughs> you think I am? 50,000 years dicks? old? You didn't play it for the dicks? No, I didn't. Um, you didn't. Did you know that? You couldn't see a dick? Oh, by the way, uh, Dick Watch 2019, if you guys are watching um, Watchmen on HBO, there's some dick. So the blue dick, yeah. There's a blue dick. And it's not like in the movie Watchmen where it's like CGI. This is a fucking man's dick painted blue. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Now, here's a question for everybody at the table. Yes. How did they get that blue paint on his dick? Uh, uh, probably with like with a, a airbrush spray can. Yeah, an airbrush, I'd say. Probably. Did so? Do you think someone had to lift up his penis to do yes. the underside? Probably. Absolutely. They probably have like a little like like a tongue depressor that they usually lift dicks with. It's literally the only purpose <laughs> for that thing. This is that's a, it's a jar of tongue depressors, <laughs> but it's labeled depressor. dick lifters. Yeah. <laughs> it's a like, oh, I'm on dick lifter duty today. Oh, <laughs> you think there's a union for dick lifters? <laughs> there like fucking better be. I just okay. Now, first of all, you can imagine yourself being the dick lifter. You have to you have to lift up the dick. Yeah. Okay, Marcus measures it first. Yep. <laughs> Jeweler's loop coming in, <laughs> baby. Damn it! Damn it! It's too small again. <laughs> um, but now imagine having to be the actor. What's the proper reaction to having your dick lifted that you painted? Just kind of like ignore yeah. it while yeah, you're just like you're being a professional. You're probably listening to a you're probably listening to the Illenials. Yeah. <laughs> on your headphones listening to us talk right now now here's the second question please what happens if you start to get a boner i mean it makes it easier to apply the paint yeah and you're definitely gonna get a thorough coating might be better to get a boner honestly of paint not the other stuff i'm doing this for work (laughs) ma'am yes this is is not about you yeah Oh my god, that, that, I, I just always wonder sometimes about like situations where you have to be nude on screen. Yeah. What happens if you start to get hard? <laughs> yeah, they like they that's the thing is like sex scenes in movies, they make them like they're so mechanical that it's like a lot of actors say it's it would actually be hard to get an erection just even though you're like with another like hot person, it's just mm-hmm. hard because like you like first of all your dick is in this like push back black strap thing that like fucking makes it so that even if you get hard it won't be able to see so already mm. you don't want to you mentally don't want to get hard in the first place um so yeah mm. and it's just like and you've got like fucking 20 people watching you and if you're not an exhibitionist you're probably not into that so mm. yeah it's it apparently it's very difficult but i do wonder when it has happened it has to have happened at i some bet place. it happens anytime harvey weinstein steps onto a set oh god <laughs> yeah fuck Seth, come on me. You heard me right. Uh, by the way, speaking of HBO, speaking, um, I was reading some interesting shit today. Tell me about the guys who made uh, or who did the adaptation for Game of Thrones. You mean DB, DB and DB, DDB? Yes. 
Hey guys, we take a pause real quick. Okay. <coughs> okay, Marcus, this is oh. it's gone. Okay. This is our chance to do our mini podcast. Is it a podcast? All right. Welcome guys to Guys Talk. Oh, I thought I was going to call it a Welcome to oh. Moisture Mountain. <laughs> I'll, save, I'll save that for my my podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, we're both gone. That's yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Let's listen. Listen. Here's here's Dude Corner. So, Marcus. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What, you been, what you been dudeing about recently? Uh, honestly, Outer Worlds. Like it came out on the twenty fifth, and I mm-hmm. have been going hard on that game, and it is great because <laughs> you because there's a whole colony that's run by these fucking companies. They all got together, bought a bunch of shit. And basically everyone in the colony is, like, restricted to the fucking company's rules. So anytime someone says hello to you, they, they're going to throw, like, a company slogan, like, right after. Because they're fucking obligated to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and I'm crazy. Like, man. That's oh, shit, he's back. Goddamn. Oh, shit, shit. Dude corner over. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why can't Smoke be a dude corner? I mean, you're, you're in another dude corner. Yeah. When Marcus is gone, we'll have our own uh, separate podcast and a podcast. And when you're both mm-hmm. gone, I have my own podcast. Yeah. What is it called again? Anime <laughs> Titties 24-7. Not quite. I'm going to call it Moisture Mountain. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, David Benioff and uh, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Something D.B. Weiss or whatever. Yes. So, do you know what their qualifications were to do this show? Didn't I know one of them worked on a show before, right? In what capacity? I have no idea. A producer? I don't know. Yes, producer. Not showrunner, producer. Okay. But that was their first show they ever did. Do you know what their actual qualifications were? Were they somebody's sons? David Benioff, his dad, is the former head of Goldman Sachs and once ran the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. These guys walked into a room with HBO and G- George R.R. Martin and pitched them this show with no experience and nothing to back it up. Well, and they gave it money. to them because they had the money. Mm-hmm. And then they, they were like, this, go ahead. I said, like, before this, they had no experience with the, with the kind of a level of, uh, of, of work. They had not done this before. And they, they learned as they, as they did it, essentially. Um, and then a couple of years later, they were like, also, we have another show. And <laughs> it's about what if slavery is good? <laughs> and yeah. basically, and they were like, um, we'll see how Game of Thrones finale goes. And luckily, it's, uh. Also, hey, uh, Disney's like, hey, you guys want to do Star Wars? Yeah, they're going to be, they're doing it with, it's like a three person. It's them and who else? I don't know who the guy is. It's somebody, the other person is like a really cool guy. So I was like, oh shit, this might be good. But then I don't know about these other two. It's like, uh, so these guys just got their, their, their role because David Benioff had a rich dad who got his name on, on this list, essentially. Yeah. And George R. R. Martin, for his, for his side of things, has always maintained that he did not care how the show did. He just wanted to get paid. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, that man has fucking everything now. Yeah, that show made his fucking life, basically. Yeah, fucking made his nut, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, And also, David Benioff's dad was friends with, you want to guess, David Plepler, who was the head of HBO at the time the show came on. The, on. 
They were on a government board. You will never guess what board it was. That's right. It's the Council on Foreign Relations. <laughs> That's why some of the stuff in the show where they talk to in the different countries was so good. Because they had all this foreign <laughs> relations um, when Essos and Westeros had to um, have all that communication they did. Oh, um, my God. But as soon as you said friends, I was going to go. <laughs> a timely um, reference that everyone understands. Of course. I mean, I think most people who listen to this podcast have at least seen an episode of Friends. Our um, our ex- audience, by, by the demographics that I see on SoundCloud, is exclusively Argentinian children below the age of eight. So I don't think <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so maybe. They even know? We get 43 um, listens per episode. All of them are Argentinians who are trying to learn English through our podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, and it's man. funny that you mentioned that we bring this along with Friends, because Friends is a, a show people use to learn English. Oh, man. Because it's just, it's just a bunch of regular-ass people speaking plain English to each other. And apparently, That's and there's true. so many seasons of it. Apparently, a lot of um, foreign language people, uh, when they, especially when they first moved to America, they just watch it to kind of like learn the way people talk. Interesting. That's why so oh, many uh, of these four people you see walking around go, could this be any more ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, let's be honest here. It actually sounds more like, uh, could this be any more ridiculous? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's been the Illinium Podcast. <laughs> uh, our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> because you see that they're learning English, but they're from Britain. You can find me on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one's so. Um... I would have done a German accent, but I'm I'm no good at that right now. Yeah, and plus oh. you have very much you've made the German people mad. They are really. that's true. They are tweeting you know in what? right now. <laughs> I welcome their hatred. Bring it on, Germany! I don't trust you, shifty bastards. Okay, oh, okay, we really need to not do this. <laughs> oh, um, I want our uh, less than eight year old German viewers to actually enjoy this. So, you think we're ever going to break into that above eight year old category? <laughs> we got it. We got it. We, we got to really, our parents at some you, point, you right? You really feel like we would be there already. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm looking at stats again. They're all in orphanages. So no, <laughs> <laughs> no. People run the orphanages, though, right? They can tell them about it. There There's we go. Some adults there. Oh, wait. They're in children owned and operated orphanages? <laughs> no. We're doomed. Progressive, but a bad idea. Yeah. We're doomed, boys. <laughs> Um, we actually did hear uh, uh, in the wild spotting of someone talking on our podcast. Unfortunately, they were the worst person in the world, so <laughs> that was bad for us. Yeah, and they might be listening to this episode. And That's true, and uh, you know who you are, and, you're, and you're still canceled. And remember, I still have a little bit of love for you, so just take that, take that with you. Um, oh my goodness. But, yeah, so looping back to my... Mm-hmm. Uh, capitalism rant. I forgot to mention a very important part of this whole mm. rant is that this past week, um, very timely for my situation, was a post in the Wall Street Journal that said that a drawback to a shorter work day is that everyone's outside life gets better, but it's at the expense of their passion for their work. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sorry. That was is that a serious quote? That's a, that's an actual quote. And <sighs> working this past weekend made me think a lot about seeing this and how um i don't want to have a whole lot of passion for my work after five o'clock every day honestly mm-hmm. not feeling it 
Um, and this is just, and this is just more. I'm not sure who owns the Wall Street Journal, but it seems to be more pro-capital propaganda of, hey, you don't want to work less because then you're going to want to work even less. <laughs> Wait, so don't you're do telling that. me the Wall Street Journal is owned by capitalists? Holy yeah. shit! That one's not super surprising, but I don't know who specifically owns it. That's true. Um, Marcus, as a person who uh, has had... Do you work on weekends right now? I do work on Saturdays now. How do you feel about that? I mean, it kind of sucks, but also I've gotten down to four days a week. But you're doing four tens, right? Yeah, four tens. I don't know. Like, right now I'm just happy I'm making enough money to, like, do things I want to do outside of work but uh, like some days i'm just like it's it's not fucking worth it i i need i need all of this to stop <laughs> just just stop so here's a question i have for you marcus um how much time do you think per day you spend actually working at your job oh oh that's that's a really good question we got a regular joe rogan over here <laughs> I'm gonna catch you. Tell you about DMT, my dude. You're gonna take it. You're gonna see fucking God's That's face. I've heard he's really into DMT. Is that a thing about his podcast? Dude, he loves DMT. Tell I'll, I'll just listen to it. It's only five hours long every week. I'll just fucking everyone gets free samples of DMT in his podcast, right? Just hmm. so more question: How many hours are the day you actually work? All right, so cutting. If you cut out the time, I'm literally just waiting for things to bake. God, probably about four hours. (laughs) So out of ten, you're working four. Yeah. Most of it is literally just waiting on things to bake. (laughs) And what do you do while you wait? They want you to do dumb stuff. Like, oh, organize that stuff. Sweep that over there. They want me to look busy for whatever reason. Don't you hate that shit? I fucking hate it. It's so dumb. It's counterproductive, I'd say. It, it is like how, how what does that have to do with anything at the process of making this shit or whatever like i can understand because sometimes they have like people walk through or whatever and sure yeah I'll, I'll i'll put on that act oh yeah i'm always busy here at the bakery no if, if no one's here fuck that <laughs> dude because i read an article a while back with this is about office workers which is not what you do but i mean it's a similar type of thing which is that um, apparently they say that office workers only spend about three hours a day actually working. And let me tell you from experience, that is true. I'll tell you one thing. It's the most true thing I've ever heard in my life. No work gets done after lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, fact. once lunch hits, you're just, everyone's out basically. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's like, and then, but of course the other, the flip side of that is crunch time, you know, where like, Seth, you're doing crunch time or you were doing crunch time, right? So yeah. You experienced the flip side of this, which is working constantly. Yeah, it sucks. Because um, there were there were weeks where I was not doing anything because I didn't have requirements for the stuff I was developing. And um, other people were behind on their work. And so I had nothing to do. And then all of a sudden people want to, you know, put, push a bunch of stuff on you out of nowhere that I could have been doing weeks ago. And I have to do it on my weekends instead. And it kind of sucks. Mm. Yeah, that's, that sounds like some bad management shit. It's just like, just sit around, fuck around until, oh shit, we've got a week left to do this, 
everyone battle stations. Well, there you have it, folks. The most efficient way to distribute resources, capitalism. Mm. Definitely using your time and your labor well. Yeah. I'm gonna say, hey, guys, I'm just going to say it. Fuck capitalism. <laughs> Goddamn, how could you be so brave? But also, it says something so true. I agree. We, uh, I agree. <clears throat> we, um, at my job, we have long periods of the time when we are have just downtime, like, uh, like weeks can go by where you got something to do, but it's not a whole lot. And then we have three very intense points of activity we have to do throughout the year. And right, right now, when it's the lean times, I, I hear the same thing, Marcus. They're like, look busy, find something to do, go on the website and find training modules and do those. Mm-hmm. I'm over here watching hour-long videos about fucking PowerPoint and taking tests on it. PowerPoint. <laughs> because they're like, we want you to do 20 hours of professional development a year. It's you like professionally develop you. my nuts. <laughs> yeah, how about you fucking get your tongue depressor and lift my nuts, <laughs> dummy? And then uh, a friend of mine at work is trying to get a different job, and one of the requirements of this job is to come in and instead of an interview, well, sorry, there's an interview process, and then there's a 30 minute presentation you have to do about yourself. Oh, well, at least that sounds fun. I could do that. Improv. Does it? Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god! I'd be I'd be saying all kinds of shit, dude. Mm-hmm. They definitely would not hire me. That's not. <laughs> that is definitely out of the picture once that becomes um, part of my interview. But I'd have fun with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a pilot to a TV show. I get to myself. Okay. Oh oh god! You just reminded Uh-oh. me. I did something. Marcus is activated. St- I did something stupid. Shit. Okay. Really? So you really? <laughs> Marcus? Marcus? Something Fuck stupid. Both of you. <laughs> Holy shit! This is a revelation, everyone. Holy so buckle so, up. <laughs> Welcome to a first a first time experience for Marcus. So I was I was um I was reworking my uh, what do you call it resume. I'm reworking my resume. I'm going through all it's my stuff. It's called a resume. Ah, you're right. Yeah. Thank you. I call Thank it a res to save time. So there oh, we go. Even better. So <laughs> on my res, I put a section for like you know uh, what's what's it called superlatives or whatever, and I couldn't think of anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, get, something that doesn't get, happen to Marcus very often. <laughs> best at sleeping. <laughs> But for one of my, what was it? For honors, for one of my, like, honors, <laughs> I put, honors. I put like a dumbass, <laughs> was it 20, 2016 times person of the year? <laughs> That's great because in that 2016, uh, it was you. It yeah. was you! <laughs> That's actually such a baller move. <laughs> That is brilliant. That is yes. going on my resume tonight. But it, it's so funny because like that that specific like uh, <laughs> res got denied. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I sent a second one to the same job and the, I took that off when I realized what I'd done. And the other one got approved. I was like, oh, there's a... They probably have a filter for that. All jobs have a filter these days. They're like, this stupid uh, shit, send it back. <laughs> That's oh, I was like, get oh, this fucking, get this fucking resume wow. off of my fucking desk. <laughs> this fucking jokester. And Marcus is uh, one 
misstep in his whole life. <laughs> the only mistake he's ever made. Yeah. Right. Mm. Wait, it's by the way, you called him a jokester, and I'd say I think he's called a joker. Oh fuck, you're right. <laughs> God, it's 2019. We live in a society. It's joker. The clown, the clown prince of baking, Marcus. <laughs> yes. Marcus walks into work tomorrow with a full Joker makeup on. Yeah. At first, and just I thought his way around. At first, I thought that measuring cookies just to get crumbled was a tragedy. <laughs> then I realized it was a comedy. <laughs> and it was. Oh, oh, God. Also, guys, I just farted so fucking loud. I think my laugh covered it though. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, God. Yeah, I think my laugh covered it, but yeah. <laughs> Marcus is Joker. Oh, my God. Yeah, was, uh, Marcus Joker will be the best Joker ever. Fuck everybody uh, Also, you mentioned it earlier as kind of a joke that as a superlative, Marcus could have sleeping. But I say this with no disrespect. Marcus is the best sleeper I've ever met. Yeah. Hey, Marcus could sense. competitively sleep. Yeah, Marcus could beat Snorlax. And he oh. wouldn't even know. <laughs> Marcus no. would just be like, uh, 23-hour nap? Yeah, easy. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, shut the fuck up and get out of here. Marcus. Mm. I have never seen anyone sl- Marcus, you sleep like it's your job sometimes. I, God, I wish it was. Uh. <laughs> I've never seen someone who could sleep so hard they made other people go to sleep. Yeah, yeah yes. He was like a jigglypuff. He had like a little spell. If you're in like a certain area around Marcus, you just get sleepy. Oh, and if that didn't work, he'd reach out and grab you and pull you into his bed and make, yeah. him make you go to sleep. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, you brought that on yourself. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. To Just be fair, this was there. this was before me too, guys. So don't worry, Marcus <laughs> yeah. didn't cross any lines. Um, I can. I was perfectly consensual. It was all good. Mm-hmm. Everyone was happy. Yeah. Also, yeah. we had it coming. That's we true. were asking for it. That's true. You were <laughs> within arm's reach of Marcus. Yes. Mm-hmm. You gotta take oh, the consequences. Man. Um, I didn't want to talk to you guys about something real quick. Thanks. That's what this is for. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're in like week a thousand of Scorsese and Coppola versus Marvel. Yeah. So Seth, I know you probably got some some. Thoughts I got on some this. fucking fiery hot takes to spit at you, bitches. Oh goddamn! All right. I think I think it's it's kind of bad. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. So for if anybody, who, you guys are a helicopter. They come to Seth's house right now for this take. Like the, the spotlights on his window. If anybody, what did he say? If anybody is unfamiliar with the situation, basically a couple of weeks ago, Martin Scorsese was like, uh, Marvel movies are fucking trash. They're not cinema. They're basically just roller coasters. Um, and then Francis Ford Coppola joined in on him like a two weeks later. Um, and we're, there's another take we're going to get to in a second, I'm sure, mm, that yeah. is also bad in the other direction. Um, but basically, what the, the, the big issue I have with them saying that Marvel movies... You can say Marvel movies are bad. You can say that all you want. They're not for everybody, and for some people they are bad. I love them, but they're not for everybody. I agree with that. You can say they're bad. But... What you don't, what no one has the right to say about any movie is that it's not cinema. You don't get to make those rules, okay, Marcus? You're an artist. Nobody can tell you that you your art isn't art. That's true. Smith, you're a writer. Nobody can tell you that your writings aren't art. Well, except for Tobias M. Writing. 
What? The man who invented the concept. Oh, of course. <laughs> he can, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry about that one. Um, luckily for Marcus, uh, R- Rutherford B. Art is dead, so um, <laughs> Oof, he can say dead. whatever he wants. Um, but yeah, so basically something that um, I've always, that I kind of came around to when I was a little bit older was that no matter how much you don't like something or how much you think that it isn't indicative of your medium or medium that you respect, you're not allowed, nobody is allowed to say that something isn't art because of some, it's, it's art. It just is. And the, the schlockiest, stupidest book ever written is just as much, is, is just as art as, you know, Wuthering Heights, okay? Whether, whether the quality is higher or lower does not matter. They are both art. I think Agreed. you guys will agree with me on this one. So these takes have, you know, gotten a lot of, um, a lot of heat behind them, such as the fire I just spit. Um, and a lot of it is just, a lot of it is mostly people who are just like, I mean, I love the Marvel movies, but a lot of the Marvel fanboys are just like, oh, these guys suck, blah, blah, blah. They, they shouldn't say this. Oh my God. Page 72 of Astonishing X-Men. Uh, you know, they said this, um, which, you know, whatever. They're, they're technically right. So that's cool. Um, and there's people who are backing them up. Like, yeah, Marvel movies suck. And they're just doing it on the basis. They don't like the Marvel movies, but the hottest of all takes came out. Uh, pretty recently. Do you want to enlighten us on this, Smith? So Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney. Um, Prepare yourselves, by the way, if you haven't heard this already. This is the exact quote. <clears throat> uh, if they want to bitch about movies, that's certainly their right. Are you telling me Ryan Coogler making Black Panther is doing something less than what they have ever done? Come on, there I said it. So, Bob Iger has decided to come to... The best conclusion ever is that if you don't like Marvel movies, you're a racist. And it's, uh, I mean, I guess it's a pretty good defense. Um, it's kind of worked yeah. out. It's like, um, uh, did you, are you sorry, are you saying that Black Panther isn't a good movie? Welcome to being a fucking racist. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great thing people, people like, oh, you don't, oh, oh, you didn't like that movie? You didn't like Widows? Okay, I can't, no, nobody, if you don't like Widows, you're just, you're insane. I mean, that's just insane. But oh, you don't like you don't like this movie? Well, racist. And it's like there are some people who don't like movies with black people because they're racist. Um, mm-hmm. But some people just don't like them. And um, like the Chinese. Yeah, and of course people have like shown quotes. I think Francis Ford Coppola, like when Black Panther came out, gave it like great review or something. But of course he was probably referring to Marvel movies as a whole and not each individual one. So Bob Iger, instead of being like, hey, I'm the CEO of Disney. We create art here. All all art is art. What we're saying, an easy defense to take. He is like, no, no, no. I'm going to play race card on this. The one movie we've had that is pr- primarily made by uh, primarily made by and starring black people makes you racist. And I just want to point out that um, controversial take uh, Black Panther is a bad movie. It's an evil film. Uh, it glorifies the CIA, where the hero of the fucking movie is a white dude who saves this African nation and facilitates fucking regime change to a friendly leader by helping kill a revolutionary leader who was going to do something different that the U.S. would not have agreed with. And the movie wants you to believe this guy is good. So, fuck Black Panther. That movie is counter-revolutionary garbage. Okay, well, I'm going to poke my head in here real quick and say that I disagree with you. Um, I don't think that, um, was it Bilbo or whatever is the hero of the movie? 
<laughs> like, that's insane. I think the hero Mr. of the movie, Watson. I think the hero of the movie, controversially, is the Black Panther. I do think it's he's like the, a hero, a hero of the film. And um, the thing that I think makes Black Panther great, and although of course in the end Killmonger is not in power, he's not the Black Panther, he's not the king of um, Wakanda. The great thing about that movie is that when Marvel gave this movie to Ryan Coogler, you know, Marvel does a lot of like, Marvel does a lot of pre-directing now where they're like, these things have to happen. You can do whatever you want in between with the script. So Ryan Coogler is like, okay, I'm going to take my, I'm going to take myself and put him and put, put it into the antagonist of the movie, Killmonger, and then have the movie play out that way. And it creates a movie where you can conceivably as a regular you know as a moviegoer you can conceivably root for both sides in the the climax of the movie and i think that makes it very special just yeah. to me you know i i can agree with that so i'm just saying <clears throat> killmonger was right death of the oppressors i mean i'm not saying kill i'll say this i'm not saying killmonger was wrong because i kind of like what killmonger was doing i do think he needed to think his plan out a little bit more just, just add some more polish to it. Um, I do understand that he was, uh, he wanted to do this under a time crunch. So I will give him yeah. the benefit <laughs> of the doubt there. But it is kind of um, seem like he was like, let's just give most people weapons, but not, a, but not a lot of like, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of like political motivation. There wasn't like, hey, we we give them these weapons and we want to get this done. It was more like, let's give them weapons, see what happens next. So well, like, the, yeah, it was that fury that was that was right. driving him. Well, the goal was to overthrow the Western governments. Well, yeah, but you to give them a bunch of weapons. How are they going to know that? I mean, come on. I mean, they got super weapons. Who cares? Listen, I will. I welcome the Wakandan uh, liberators. Come on, let's do this. I want to join your side. That's true. Bring it on. Killmonger is my king. <laughs> okay, so I want to do something that we've never done on this podcast before. Okay, I want to do a reading. We've we've done this, but okay. We've done this? Way back in the past, but yes. Okay, so Smith, you know what I want us to read? What's that? So, I'll, look, I'll give you time to pull it up while I talk about it. So, uh, there's this coffee shop in, uh, was it Cedar Rapids, I believe, called Founders Brewing. And <laughs> um, from, from the story that I've read... There was like a, you know, a discriminatory, like racist email within the company that a black employee would came uh, to notice of and was, you know, he got fired or he quit and he's filing a discrimination suit. And there was a, there was like a hearing between his attorney and the um, manager of Founders Brewing um, to talk about the issue. And this man has created the best legal defense I've ever heard in my life. Um... Mm-hmm. So do you want to, do you want to play the attorney or the man? <laughs> I will play the attorney. All right. Um, let's start it off. Marcus, you just you be entertained by this, okay? Oh, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what you got to understand here, like Seth said, is it's it's a black guy who says he was he was fired for being black. It was racial discrimination, and yes, this is this is the defense, the legal defense of the century. I'll be playing the part of Jack Schultz, the uh, fireman's, the the, well, his, yeah, his attorney. And I'll be playing, I'll be playing Dominic Ryan, the manager of the coffee shop that uh, Tracy Evans, the, the black man in question, worked at. Yes. Okay, here we go. Starting off. When did you first meet Tracy Evans? 
2011, 2012. We had mutual friends before working there, so, you know. Okay, so you knew Tracy prior to his employment at Founders. We met a few times, yes. Okay, are you are you aware Tracy is black? What do you mean by that? Are you aware Tracy is native, is African American? Uh, I'm not sure of his lineage, so I can't answer that. All right, are you aware that Tracy is a man of color? Uh, what do you mean by that? No, do you know? You don't know what it means for someone to be a white person or a black person. I- I'm asking for clarification. You don't need any. I can promise you that. We'll keep the record as is. Someone's skin color, a white... Oh, so that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. I know the difference in skin tone. Are you able to identify individuals by their skin tone? What do you mean by identify? I mean, have you ever looked at Tracy Evans in your entire life? Have you? That's a genuine question. (laughs) Uh, And then, oh wait, we forgot one part. Um, the attorney, the attorney for the the man I'm playing says objection, argumentative, but he's like, okay, you can answer. So then Ryan's like, yes. And did you ever realize that Tracy's skin is black? That's not. I mean, is his skin different from mine? Yes. How? What do you mean how? It's a different color. And what is the difference with that color? It's darker. And that means uh, objection, vague question. I mean, we could. This, oh, that's you, sorry. So, yeah, I mean, we could, this could be a one-sentence answer, you know. So, by your, I guess your testimony is you have no idea if Tracy is minority, if he's African-American. I don't know Tracy's lineage, so I can't speculate on whether he's, if he's from Africa or not. What do you mean lineage, from Africa? No, I mean, like, I don't know his DNA. Have you ever met a black person who isn't from Africa? Excuse me? Have you ever met a black person born in America? Yes. And you were able... Have you ever met a black person who can't who didn't tell you they were black? Can you rephrase that? Is Barack Obama black? <laughs> uh, objection. <laughs> to your knowledge. I mean, I've never met Barack Obama, so I don't... <laughs> so you don't know if Barack Obama is black. What about Michael Jordan? Do you know Michael Jordan is black? Objection. I, I've never met him. <laughs> so you don't know him. What about Kwame Kilpatrick? Never met him. <laughs> To your knowledge, was Kwame Kilpatrick black? I... You don't know? I don't know. (laughs) So, the legal defense there is that he does not know what black people are. (laughs) And I I never thought that in a a legal defense I would ever hear the question, is Barack Obama black? (laughs) I mean... How do you get better than that, honestly? <laughs> you don't. Do you know if Michael Jordan is black? <laughs> I've never, never met him! him. <laughs> How can I possibly know? There's no way. <laughs> I like the idea that he fired this dude. This dude said, you fired me because I'm black. And he said, what do you what? mean by that? Yeah, and then he's like, I have to meet you to say you're black. And at the beginning of the meeting, he says he's met him. Yeah. <laughs> so... You should know. No, no. He has to meet you and you have to tell him you're black. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has to know your lineage. <laughs> yes. Fucking, your fucking genetic ancestry. That word. <laughs> he throws that word lineage around so much. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. Marcus, thoughts? I... I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marcus, you're in this room. What are you oh thinking? Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. Yeah. 
Um, uh, okay, um, all right. Did, did, could he get out a reason why he fired him that, you know, like, is he bad at his job? He, I didn't read the this? whole case, Marcus. I want to know what you think about this specific exchange. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, How I read that re- exchange, and I was like, "This is all I need to know." Uh, this is this is hilarious. And uh, imagine you're the judge, Marcus. You're sitting there in your I'm robes. Ch- <laughs> what are you doing? I'm laughing my ass. <laughs> it's like, and that means there was like a game plan meeting beforehand where the uh, the guy's attorney was like, "Hey, let's pretend you don't know what black people are." <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever tried this. I feel like we're gonna win. <laughs> Worst case scenario, we plead insanity. And it's so funny because, like, if you, if, if you were to, if you were even conscious for one of the eight years that Obama was president, you would say you would hear first black president in there, and he, he's he's positing that he never heard that. Well, technically, I've heard that Bill Clinton was the first black president. I don't know who you hang out with, but they are bad. Then you would have heard second black president. The important part is black president. That's true. That's the important part. The important part is black people exist. They are here. It's true. (laughs) And this guy is like, never heard of it. It reminds me of this, this great court testimony that someone did a, a dramatic reading of as well, where this guy was trying to get out of a lawsuit by claiming he had never heard of a photocopier, and he ran a photocopying company. <laughs> He's like, I like, just heard they printed money, so I was just in there for <laughs> business, sorry. There's an entire 30-minute segment of the, of the court case where he literally has him define every word in a sentence about photocopiers. Get out the dictionary and everything. Yeah, that's your, that's the best is when they just start wasting time. <laughs> Run out the clock. And he's like, like in that one we just read when he was like, "Can you uh, explain identify?" Now, see, in, in a world where there's not Judge Marcus, I'm picturing a guy out there who is just just cannot believe what he's hearing yeah and he's just he's just like what the fuck where and this and it's a guy who's he's been a judge for like 50 years and he's like this is the dumbest shit i've heard yet he pulls out a, bo- a box of popcorn i've never heard this before yeah <laughs> he's like i've been doing this i've been doing this since the day i was born i was born a judge i had the powdered wig on when i came out mm-hmm. and now you're telling me you don't know what black people are I know. Oh, I know his skin is darker. So what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what could it possibly mean? Oh, and the best part we didn't mention this. The best part about the article is that the pic, the picture on it is the picture of the man Tracy Evans, and he is very clearly a black man. Yes, there is no, there is no like uh, yeah. ambiguity there at all. Yeah, he is it's a like, black man. You know. Um. So yeah, that <laughs> bold strategy cop. Let's see if it pays off for him. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I think that one thing that I wanted to talk about is this extremely cursed Twitter post that I saw earlier where, so do y'all know who Destiny is? Uh, the streamer? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. So he's like a, like a streamer who like brings people on and talks about politics and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he like debates and plays games and shit. He's like ultra liberal, very much a centrist. Yeah, uh, trending towards Nazi at this point. 
but did you did you hear him say that he loves to say the n word? No, that's amazing though. He's just like I love, I love saying it. It's great. We should all be able to say. Yeah, it. and then he said it five times on stream, right? His friend definitely did. Wow. He's like, I, I say it in private. I don't say it on my public streams. And I'm like, first of all, coward. Second of all, racist. Yeah, like Anyways. Piece of shit. Uh, he had a friend on whose name I unfortunately don't know. Um, another streamer that yeah. was on Destiny's show. We'll just call him Marcus. Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it, is it Dan Saltman, I guess? That's his name. Okay. Uh, who is a landlord. Okay. Um, who has a, a Twitch stream of, I guess he sent someone to the house of a family he was evicting out of an apartment, uh, and their child is on an iron lung, and he streamed himself laughing at them as they have to, like, disengage all the machines and take the kid away from this apartment. Wow. And he was laughing the whole time he was doing this. Wow, um, sounds like a real Hannibal Burris. Oh, God, that was such a terrible revelation as well. Yeah, we're going to get to him in a minute. So he also has a video where he talks to Destiny, and Destiny laughs when this happens about how he devised a plan to kick an old woman out of her apartment by tricking her into moving somewhere else and then using a loophole in the law to kick her out. Wow. Because she wasn't paying enough for his tastes. Of course. And then there's this clip here where he says the N-word. Um, it's just a bad it's just a bad person. So the post that I saw that was so that got me so mad. Actually, let me grab it because it's just it's just that bad. It has to be it has to be appreciated. I'm gonna send you boys actually this fucking picture of this tweet, which reads, "What the fuck are you talking about? Explain how landlord gamers are not the most oppressed class. Literally, everyone hates us without reason. Literally, just following the law and a bunch of larper lefties want to cancel us. Fuck that noise." Hey, wow. we live in a society. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most gamers rise up shit I've ever heard. Um, yeah, I mean, I gotta say, on the list of oppressed classes, I think landlord gamers make it number one. Oh, I mean, yeah, first of all, there's such they're, one of those things you hear about all the time are landlord gamers. They're all over the news, you know, all this stuff about you know their rights. They're, they they don't have voting rights either. They're like podcasters. <laughs> they just don't have it. So yeah, this is this is cursed. AF. So how about uh, Landlord Comedian, Seth? What's happening over there with them? Okay, so here's something very interesting. The other day you told me that you messaged me. You sent me a text through uh, the internet. And you said that Hannibal Burris, a comedian that I love a lot, very funny guy on the Eric Andre show, which is a great show. Um, and you told me that he's an anti-Bernie guy because he's like a landlord in New York. And I was like, well, that sucks. Um, but I'm not... I don't really care much about his politics. I think he's a funny guy. I listen to his stand-up. Um, so I didn't really care. But then, and it's so weird, it was right after you told me this, I went on his, in, I, was, I was following through Instagram, and his post came up. It was like him like bowling a strike. And it was like, oh, me bowling versus all these delusional uh, Bernie supporters. And I was like, what? Oh, this is such a weird dig. Like, you're such a funny guy. Why would you do this dumb bit right here? And then... I noticed in the comments, well, I guess one of his friends was like, oh, Bernie's just going to drop out like last time, um, so don't even worry about him. And then Hannibal responded and said, you're right. Um, he has the most delusional base on the internet, and if you want to prove it, come back to this comment in an hour. Because he's like, you know, Bernie Bernie people are going to post up and tell me stupid. So I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't even think about replying or anything, because I was like, I'm just going to 
he's, he's just going to use that to fuel his anti-Bernie fire. But yeah, it kind of sucks that somebody as cool and down-to-earth as Hannibal Burris is so anti-Bernie. I don't even know who he supports, but he's so anti-Bernie, and he seems to just, and he's just trying to use his platform to, to dig on the guy who's just trying to, you know, help out a bunch of people. So that really, that sucks a lot, and I didn't realize that he was posting, I mean, for a guy as funny as him, very lame digs at Bernie supporters. What was really interesting was on Twitter, he was, like, replying to people, like, telling them Bernie sucked, and then he went and deleted all of his posts like a fucking bitch. Yeah, so uh, temporarily canceled Hannibal Burris. Come back, come back to the light. Yeah, don't be a landlord, and if you do, be a good one. Like Wendell, know. Wendell, there are no good landlords. Kill them all. Uh, but uh, Wendell Pierce won't come back. Let's get, let's get, let's get him. Let's get, let's get Hannibal Burris. Come That's on. true. If Wendell Pierce comes back, that'll be a hell of a ride. <laughs> we, we, we have to go through a lot. Man, I'm just so sad thinking about Bunk sitting there reading those Jack Ryan scripts, nodding along, going, yeah, He's makes like, sense. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> He's like, America is God. Um, <laughs> oh, did you guys see that the, the gamers are mad about the new Call of Duty game, in a way? Uh, oh, man, not the gamers. Oh, no. Fuck. Okay, actually, I may have I may have jumped the shark here. Well, they are mad about Outer Worlds because they're women and they're not sexy in the game. And oh, so they're what? mad about that. Yeah. What? There's no sexy women, apparently, so they're mad about there, that. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, no, the, the, the thing that happened in uh, Call of Duty is that, you know, this, I think it's like a remake of Modern Warfare or something like that. Is Do you, do you know, Marcus? I don't. I know it came out the same day as uh, Outer Worlds, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't buy it. I, I don't have the money for that. Well, anyways, there's a thing in it where they reference this thing called the Road of Death. Which was uh, in real life an American war crime we did in the Middle East, where we you know march people down a death march in the middle of the desert and let them die. Uh, but in the game, it's 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 a different event with the same name, but the Russians did it instead of us. Mm. And so people got uh, people got annoyed. Uh, I think saying people were like, "This is dumb. Why would you do this? Like you're trying to whitewash American crimes." Hey, true, fair point. And gamers then were like, um, "It's an alternate universe." Yeah, Who cares? It's not a political time, people. <laughs> but then some fucking yeah, some fucking king went back to the, these these people's like uh, Twitter like messages and found each and every one of them talking about that fucking uh, what is it Battlefield game where the, where the woman who had the prosthetic arm or whatever and they were like uh, women were less than one percent of the combatants in World War Two so they would have been nurses or far from the battlefield so um, this is not historically accurate. I'll never forget the tweet where the guy was like, I showed the the woman soldier from Battlefield One to my World War Two vet grandpa and he shed a tear. Because he knew they were destroying American history. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay. calm down, Grandpa. He's probably crying from a lot of other stuff, dummy. Yeah. He's old. He saw shit. <clears throat> Definitely to kill some people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, gamers are mad uh, about various things. Uh, we, I, Dude, if we weren't so late in the episode, I'm sure me and Marcus could talk about Outer Worlds because I got a lot to say about it as well. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. real nice. We'll save it for later, though. We'll do a bonus uh, app. Yeah, I think we're probably we're probably done with this episode, though. What do y'all think? Yeah, you know, I think we're yeah. the only podcast that talks about. Oh, we're done with the podcast. 
Most of them. Just well, do sometimes. Most of them kind of organically end. Also, you know one thing I want us to start doing? This What's is that? This is inside baseball stuff. You know some mm-hmm. podcasts, like, you start, and they're, like, in the middle of a conversation? And then yep. they have the conversation for, like, two or three minutes, then they introduce themselves? I want to do that sometime. <laughs> I want to start doing that. <laughs> just start it in the middle of us talking, and then we, we're like, oh, 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 we're recording. Oh, hey, guys. You know? I want to do that. Yeah, totally natural, believable. Something everybody would do. Exactly. All right, yeah. Oh God! Do we do we all somehow hit the record button at the same time? Oh man! Get synced up. That's crazy. That's goodness, we didn't see you there. Oh, man. <laughs> How'd you get in this podcast recording room <laughs> on the internet yeah. in our Discord server? We're like the old you cowboys who are narrating Western movies. Oh, how'd you get in here? That's it's crazy. <laughs> How did these forty Argentinian eight year olds get into this fucking Discord room? Yes, to hear us. Oh man, the computer's plugged into a, like a, a fucking Bluetooth speaker, and it's just broadcasting our voices to the whole orphanage. Yeah, they have like a Bluetooth speaker on each level, and they're just blasting the millennials. They're like, yes. "Say Russian doll again." <laughs> uh, we almost made an entire episode. Oh, no, don't almost should have ended sooner. <laughs> don't worry, guys. I got. I actually have a really killer Russian doll joke queued up. I haven't said it yet, but I've got one. Oh, so. I'm going to hit you guys with it when you're least expecting. I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. <laughs> I'm Seth. You can find me on Letterboxd at K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S and also on Twitter at Life of Seth. And I'm Marcus. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Beaches. And... And I do the art for this podcast. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been a guest uh, recently on our Joker review, and he's been a guest on other episodes. So if you like him, check him out. He also has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling and the road from the South. So if that sounds good, go listen to them. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him get under it. Oh, fuck. Kevin Durant, Tom Brady, Hannibal Burris, the movie First Reformed. Uh, Play Outer Worlds. That shit is awesome. Wow, nice. We've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York. That's the only little podcast, baby. We're out. We're out. Peace.